Hey, Sherry, are you ready? I'm ready. Hey, Sherry, how you doing? Good, Paul. How are you? I'm doing great. You hear that sound? You know what that is? I do hear that sound, and I think it's the sound of season seven. You are correct. That is the sound of season seven of This Most Unbelievable Life, the podcast. Woohoo! We've made it seven seasons with our excellent listeners at our side. We appreciate all of the support that we get, and we're looking forward to another great season. Yes, indeed. Let's get on with the show. Good day, Dr. Spiegel. Hello, Dr. Fitzgerald. And how are you this fine day? I'm fantastic. How about you? I'm very well. Thank you very much. Wonderful. We're back in the same space. We are. We are. We are. Um, uh, We are back in the same space. We have a nice, well, I say we, I have a beautiful view out the lovely windows. Uh, I can also look out windows, but I see a building. So yeah. most of my view is really just Paul, which is lovely. Which is lovely, but I have a I have a very good view of the parking lot. You do, and it's a better view than you had last time we were in this particular room, because there are new windows. Yeah, there are. There are super clean, like not clean windows, like replaced windows. Yeah, which very means neat. there's also a brand new window in my in office, office, which means I now have the exact office of basically my dreams like this is the office that i have wanted since i became employed at this fine institution that window was awful it was terrible before it's not like wow that window's streaky it's like no there was something seriously going on with that window it was like there was gunk in between the window the double pane window it's like you couldn't get to it and it was like steel cased in and it's like it was it was super cloudy and gross and yeah. how the hell that even happened to that window was beyond me. I don't know, but it was like that when I moved in and I I the office the building that my office is in is kind of the building I had been working towards. I felt like I've changed mm-hmm. offices like four times in my career before this. Um in like 10 years. Um no, that's not true. I had I changed offices Five or six times, actually. Yeah, I've changed quite a bit myself. Yeah. Um, so when I moved into this office, I was like, this is the office I want to retire from. And I moved in and I pulled open the blinds and I was like, ew, I have to live with this the rest of my life. How long have you been in that office? Three, four years? Mm, well, when did you move into well, that's the what office I'm trying that to math that out. out of? Yeah, I'm trying to math that out. Mm-hmm. So three three years? Yeah, four, about three four, years. Probably four. Yes, because I used to have this office, and then I was told it had to be vacated for some science Some science faculty. guy. And then later I found out it was Paul. It was me. That was a small office, and there were no windows in there, but it did have two doors. And it had... <laughs> it did. <laughs> um, I like that, because you could, you could escape. You can escape in any direction. Um, it had good furniture, too. It did. It, it was did. fine. It was, it was very corporate. It was dark. It was dark. No was windows. Dark. Yeah. Yeah, that's okay. Um, you have a new office, and the window ish. is lacking. The, the the window is the small piece of glass in the door. Y- yes. That looks out of the hallway. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I can be okay with that. I like the location of it. Yeah. I like the location of it. And I mean, I'm over here more than I'm over there anyway these days. So. It's true. It's true. Um, I, I, uh, I get my fill. But, I mean, it, it's almost a good thing. I mean, when I wrote my, uh, the, especially the second and third chapters of my dissertation, it's like I would hunker down in the far basement 
of Shields Library on the mm. UC Davis campus because not only were there no windows to distract me, it's like I could barely even get the internet down there because it was like it's a writing day, I, you know, because it's like if there's any distraction. Uh, this is like revising chapter three or something like that, you know, when it's like yeah. you just got to finish the thing and be done with it. Um, any any distraction I could I could find would be immediately latched onto mm-hmm. to pull me away from my my task at hand, and so it's like I need to find a place uh, where there's no windows and it's dank and there's not even like internet, and it's like the the, the far basement of the main campus library at, at UC Davis fit the bill. Yeah. Admirably so. This is back in 2005-ish, you know, back when there were still places in the world where there was not internet. Right. You know. Well, it's interesting, though, because what you're describing is where do you go to do the work that you don't really want to do? Yeah, and the nature of distraction. Yeah. And it plays into that. Yeah. Because, I mean, a lot of my dissertation writing experience felt that way. It felt like... Like, I don't know anyone who talks about, wow, writing my dissertation was this joyous, like, fulfilling experience, and it just flowed, and, like, everything was great. I don't know anybody who talks about that I didn't have that that experience. No. No, I mean, which is odd, because it's like, I remember being very excited about getting into graduate school. Yeah. The real and I, I mean, the experiences I had were fantastic. I was excited like, I about getting out too. But. Yeah, right. It's like at the beginning, I really wanted to get in, and then it's like I really wanted to get out. And um, there's getting out, but then there's like finish. You know, it's yeah. like I really wanted to finish this thing near the end. Um, and it's hard, man. But uh, I, I love the ex- every experience about it. And man, I learned a lot more about people than about mm-hmm. the topic at hand. It turns out, which I think is probably true for for many many people yeah um that has to work with a graduate committee um if you're if you're finishing a dissertation or doing something like that we see you we feel you <laughs> you have our deepest compassion uh, it's hard yeah. i was gonna say we see you we 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 feel you yeah. uh go to therapy yeah that's actually when yeah, yeah, i yeah. started yeah. um for the first time in my life going to therapy was when i was writing my dissertation yeah yeah. But it's like the, the first chapter, I did a lot of that in the physical sciences library. So it's like I had these key locations on campus that got sort of, I don't know if associate is the right word, but sort of, well, maybe associated is the right word, where um, things just flow differently in different ways. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's, it's interesting how those places are discovered and what calls one to... Um, I mean, there, there's a bunch of interesting stuff. It's like, where do you actually do the work that, that you have to do when you got to buckle down and do the work? Right. Um, what, how, do you, how do you pick the environment that's going to be most conducive to whatever it is that you're working on? Um, that is the second most interesting thing about this that comes to mind. Hmm. What is the first? That's a funny you should ask that. <laughs> um, what calls one to, to realize that that's what's needed? It's like I'm sitting here doing my thing. It's like you know what, this just ain't working. I'm gonna get up and you know see if it works somewhere else. So it's like it's this weird thing about I'm not gonna go out and take a walk and then come back to where I was and give it another shot. It's like I'm literally going to physically do the task that I could do here, but I'm gonna try to do it somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you do it somewhere else, it works. I, I guess you know, but but when you try to do it in the place where you were doing it 
it, it, it doesn't, you know, and I think it's one of these things where you, you get up and you walk over here and you, you hunker down there and it works. I think it only has to work one time for that to be fixed into your head. It's like, okay, this is where this work happens because it worked that one time back mm-hmm. in 1984. So it's going to work from there on for the rest of its life. And I don't know if that's true or not. I'm sure he had good writing days and bad writing days in that environment. But like what actually um, gets one to, to rise from one's seat and seek out another location to do the same thing. Yeah, well, I mean, it's interesting because I, th- I do think our brains get those associations kind of built into them. It's kind of like, it's not like you can't meditate somewhere other than your cushions. Well, that's the ultimate, yeah. Yeah, but you know the work gets done if you're on your cushions. Or, I don't know, I sat for half an hour this morning, mm. and it was the most fidgety sit I've had in a long time. Wonderful. It was great. Fantastic. Yes, like, oh, so this is how it's this going today. Be, huh? Yeah, um, but I was thinking the other thing I've noticed since we left campus for the semester, I've done very little reading. Mm. And Mm -hmm. during the academic year, the primary place that I read is actually in my office. Oh, interesting. Um, So a lot of times I'll have a little space in the morning. I like to have space where um, ideally like the first half hour or so when I'm on campus is for me, close my door and I read, put my feet up on my desk and everything. Yeah. Um, And so for Christmas, you gave me Ram Dass's book, right? Yeah, yeah. And I've been carrying, I've been chauffeuring it around since you gave it to me. Um, and I've read the forward. Nice. Nice. That is not the amount of... And for some reason, I just haven't found a space in my house that feels like my reading nook. Yeah. Yeah. How is the forward? Oh, it was delightful. It's Wonderful. written by Anne Lamont. Yeah, it is. Yeah, like, it is. delightful. So... <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, she promises uh, big things in this book. Yeah, I've done that before. You, like, you know, schlep around books that you're going to read these things one of these days and you kind of take it with you and it becomes more of a part of your workout regimen than it does reading. You know what it is for this book? I know exactly where that book is going to get read and I'm not there right ah, now. I get it. I get it. So um, I have been to the Holy Cross Abbey uh, three times before. Mm-hmm. I'm about to go for the fourth. Every time I'm there, I read a book that's important to me. Oh, really? And so... Yeah. Um, like, in my mind, this book, I can't dig in until I'm at the Abbey. Uh, what do you think that is? It's just like, it's, that's been the way that it's been sort of deigned by the Deigned by the universe? Or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know. The, um, the first time I was there, um, I read Brene Brown's The Gifts of Imperfection. Right. Right. Um, the most recent time I was there... I read uh, Faith Beyond Doubt. Um, it's the Richard Rohr book, right? Or is that the... That, that one's Rohr? actually the, uh, Brian McLaren. Brian McLaren, right. Yeah. I also read um, a Richard Rohr book while I was there, though, so that's probably what you're thinking of. Mm. I am dancing, standing still. No, that's not what I was thinking. I was thinking originally that was a Richard Rohr book. Oh, yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> I love how you're like, I appreciate your... Yeah, but, your no, that's not no? what I was thinking. Nope. Yeah. I just got it wrong from the start, so... Yeah, that's... That makes sense, though. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so I don't know. I just feel like this trip's going to be Ram Dass. Yeah, very cool. Very cool. Mm-hmm. And if it is, great. And if it's not, great. Right? Yeah, so that's just. It'll be fine either way. Um, up at IMS, my reading that I did up there was the, um, uh, the, the, the binder that says how to, how to clean your room before you check out and the policies because that was the only thing that was read. Did you read the, the schedule of the day <laughs> read the schedule day? about Ooh. five times. Like anytime yeah. anybody put a note up there, it's like, ooh, there's a new note on the, on the board. Mm-hmm. But, um, 
that's a that's that's fun i mean even yeah where do we do the work that we do that's so interesting because um i was talking to a, a friend of mine about this and it's like so paul you meditate all the time yes i mean you do this for a long time yeah and so you're going to go to the middle of nowhere in massachusetts and do it yeah it's like why don't why can't you just do it at home well, it's like, well, well, I can, but this is different. You know, it, well, it's the same thing that people have figured out. Like, can you do your job from home? Yes. Oh, yeah. I guess this was the COVID experience, right? You know? in, in a yeah. nutshell for a lot of people. Yeah. Yes, I can do my job at home. Yes, I would prefer to do it at work or, yeah. or vice versa. Who yeah, knows? Yeah. Yeah. And vice versa, because there's that, for a lot of people, I think it represents that separation. And that we probably have talked about this before, um, between like, if you already have like sketchy work-life balance, whatever that I wouldn't, I don't want to say work-life balance. Let me say work-life boundaries. Mm-hmm. Um, working from home is not a lot different than like take your child to work day in the <laughs> office. You know, it's right. like worlds are sort of colliding a little bit in a way that reduces the conducivity of the, the task that is expected and from f- us, I think. And the fun. Right, like yeah, and the fun. take your child to work days, fun and novel. Work from home with your child may lose that same yeah, novel. Yeah, it'll lose it. You know, bit of joy. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't know, um, but it is interesting. Like I'm still kind of thinking about this, like where we go to do the work that we have to do, um, and how the conditions paint the work that can get done. Um, like even there's something about being in the room we're in now that when we're here, I feel like I need a list and it must be on a whiteboard. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. we've put lists on that whiteboard many times in this room. Of course, that's what this rigor. room does. Yeah, yeah. For, the, for this. Yeah. Yeah. For this room. I guess it all might start with just like what is having a having a, an intention about what it is that you're actually trying to do or mm-hmm. what, the, what the task at hand or the whatever it is might be. Yeah. If he, if one has a clear sense of that, what's actually trying to be accomplished here, one can put oneself in an environment that um, best suits what that task is. I mean, if your intention is to sail across the Atlantic, you're not going to go to the top floor of a building in Cleveland. <laughs> you know, it's not, it's not the location for that. Right, right. I mean, to be absurd about it a little bit, you know, you're probably going to start with something that resembles a boat. Um, uh, but, I mean, the quality of... The, the the quality of meditation on a retreat is, is different than it mm-hmm. is in the second bedroom in the condo. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe it's because I'm surrounded by you know sixty other people that are doing the same thing. There's like group energy, right? I got, I mean that can't be ignored. Yeah, I think um, there's more of a dedicated call to participate in mm-hmm. it. You know, and they they bring this up from the beginning, not to kind of go down this tangent too far, but. Um, you're you're there in support of the other people in the room as well as well yeah you know you're not yeah. just you know kind of there zoned out by yourself unless you are which is fine you know but you know there's this collective strength that is drawn from you know people coming together to do something austere mm-hmm. like that that mm, i don't want to call it I wouldn't say that it's a sacred quality, but it's close, you know. Right. But it, it also lacks it's a richness. This, the, this brings a richness to it. 
I think those contexts lack the kind of drawl towards the kinds of mundane distractions that you can find. Yeah. It's it's not unlike choosing the basement of your library to do writing because it's, you're not going to be distracted by the internet. You know, for me, I did um, try to do a meditation retreat at home over like that solstice week. Yeah. And what I know that I did a lot of during that time was things like the dishes and yeah. laundry, like the the drive to do the mundane tasks of life are too high for me to have that same kind of austere experience. Yeah, right, right. I don't um, know. But I mean, at the retreat that I was at... Um, you still did some sanitizing. Yeah, there, there was jobs. Yeah, we have yeah. jobs. And it's, you know, a task offered in gratitude, kind of. And I, I get that. And it's, it's it really is enriching. And it really is. It's it's fun. It's something to do. You know, you don't move a lot usually on these things. So it's good to do some honest labor here. Mm-hmm. Even if for me that honest labor is walking around with a sanitation bottle and spraying down doorknobs and handrails and, you know, sanitizing stuff. Um at 7.30 in the morning after breakfast, after a 45-minute sit, when the guy rang the bell at 5.45 in the morning, <laughs> I'm going to go sanitize. But, I mean, dish doing and all that kind of stuff is, is part of it. There are people that put dishes on the sanitizer. There are people who sweep the floors and vacuum the meditation hall, right? There's all kinds of jobs mm-hmm. that, that people voluntarily sign up for with this. And um, get your name on that list because um, those jobs go quick. Mm. You know, people are usually pretty eager to to take on like some of these, some of these jobs that they have available, uh, seva, you know, the gratitude practice, you mm-hmm. know, service. Um, but I mean, the, I've always been wary of committing myself to an at-home retreat, and a lot of people say that they do them, you mm-hmm. know. But it's like I don't know. I'm going to spend most of my time do. I'm going to get up and I'm going to do the dishes because somebody has to do them, and then I'm going to get distracted by this other shiny thing and. This other thing is going to seem really important, and it's just right there, and I'm just going to get this last thing done, and then I'm going to get back to mm-hmm. what I'm actually supposed to be doing, and by then, the, the war is lost, I think. Um, yeah. I should try it one of these days, I guess. Like, I say days as if it's like I'm going to do it for a day, you know? <laughs> it's like, I guess there's not enough time for commitment to express itself in a, in a single day. A lot of people say they dig them, you know, yeah. at-home retreats. Um, I've not. I, well, I'm not saying I haven't dug them. I haven't really given it serious effort. You know, I consider it home as sort of my daily practice, and then I, I'm going to go somewhere else to do the deep dive, the well, deep work. I also kind of feel like the experience of COVID has kind of shifted the idea and maybe even the appeal of an at-home retreat. We've been on at-home retreat for years. Yeah, you want me to sit at home by myself and be alone and focus on my thoughts? I've been doing that for two damn years, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm exactly. an expert at that. I don't need to do that again. I don't need to pay for somebody to tell me to do that on yeah. the internet. They can do that for free. For free, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, but I don't know. It's interesting. Um, I have been able to find within the space of my own practice, I like bumped up and had some of my first two-hour sits. Yeah, you were saying that. Recently. And... Um, I have yet to do one of those sits on my cushions. Where are they? They're just in a chair in I was, my living yeah, room. I was picturing you. Uh, yeah. Two hours on the cushion? Yeah, no. Um, I've just been doing them in a chair in my living room. 
The mm. same chair that you have. You have a yellow version. Yeah, I yeah, have the, the yellow IKEA. I have the gray version. Is that the Strandmon? I think. Yeah, is something what that like is, that. The, the Strandmon. Yeah, um, and I don't know why, but for some reason, like I haven't even considered trying it on my cushions. Uh, yeah, that's a whole other conversation. You yeah. know, is what if if you can do this anywhere? Why have a cushion? And I think everybody has has their own sort of answer to that. One of the teachers um, that was was guiding us a couple of weeks ago um, would say, you know, she has a um, little bit of a contracted Lyme disease, mm-hmm. right? And she she has some of the the symptoms of it, yeah. um, uh, mostly in her in her body, in her knees, in her hips, and things like that. And she's like, a cushion is just like out of the question. And she she left the cushion. Um, sort of kicking and screaming, so to speak. Mm-hmm. You know? So how does one transition? And I was hitting up against a little bit. I mean, 50-year-old guy trying to sit on a hardwood floor on a thin cushion for 10 days for, you know, 16 hours or whatever, intermittent walks. It's like there's going to be discomfort of the body. You're going to get familiar with that, yeah, like it or not. Um, you know, there's this sort of superiority idea of the cushion is, is supreme and then everything else is sort of secondary to that. And the real cool people sit on the cushion, mm-hmm. you know, and, and everybody else sits in chairs and things like that. But, you know, I did a couple of chair sets um, when I was there. But uh, one of the, like I said, one of these teachers on this retreat I was on, um, she says, if it wasn't for a lazy boy recliner, I don't know where I would be. Mm-hmm. You know, um, most of her most of her sits are done in a, in a lazy boy recliner. Yeah. Because the, the objective is to not be as uncomfortable as possible and then focus on your breath. It's like... When we say sit in a comfortable position, it's like, no, really, not not kidding. Sit in a comfortable position, you know? Yeah. Um, and, you know, part of the reason the cushion has become so serenely supreme in all of this is if you go to some of the some of the countries and some of the geogra- geographic locations where these practices started, they've been sitting cross-legged on the floor since the day they were born. That is the comfortable position, mm-hmm. you know, for some of the if, – if you say, hey, you, you know, from uh, – you know, Myanmar, you know, sit comfortably and like they'll get on the floor and mm-hmm. <laughs> back erect, you know, on the floor. And it's like that's the comfortable position. And so we, we with our Western bodies try to do that and wonder why there's something, all the things that are wrong with us because we're feeling discomfort for trying to contort ourselves into a position that we've never reliably been in the day we, since the day we were born. Yeah. It's like, I don't know, I've been sitting on this cushion. Why does my back hurt? I guess I'm bad at meditation. It's like, no, it's it's the third time you ever sat on a cushion in your life, you know? Yeah. Um, it's a, it can be it can be a transition both both ways. Yeah. There's nothing sacred about the cushion. Yeah, it's interesting though, because like I really enjoy being on the cushions. Yeah, me too. <laughs> and I actually do not prefer shirt chairs with backs. Oh I, really? Yep. Like it, when I, most of the time, if I'm given the choice between a chair with a back and a chair, like just a bench or sitting on the floor, I'm going to choose the backless option. Interesting. Um, yeah. But I, most of the time, like if I'm at a restaurant or something, m- almost always the people I'm dining with would prefer backs to chairs. I totally would. Yeah. Oh, I know. Yeah, I totally like, would. We always sit at the tables with backs because I'm with a 50 year old man. You're very kind. Yeah. You're very kind. <laughs> Yeah. To this old man's back. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I find there's something sort of soothing to being, to s- sitting cross-legged. Um, 
And I think backlash chairs allow me to do that. Yeah, a lot of times when I'm on my cushion, it's like I'll have it in such a way that it's like my back is like, I think I've even done this here. Yeah. Yeah. The one I sit on is a little further back. It's like my back might be barely touching the wall behind us. Yeah, and you can see that mine, sort well, of cheat a little our bit. listeners cannot see, but you can see mine scooted forward so that yeah, I won't right. touch. Right, right, right. It's interesting. Yeah, it is interesting. Um, I enjoy my cushion too. I mean, it adds some formality to it, which I like. Mm-hmm. It does add some good ritual to it. Yeah. Um, it's, I mean, I, I like it. It's interesting. So this morning, my sit, like I said, it was kind of this restless sit that I had. Yeah. Right? But if I even took a picture, I think I even took a little video. But like on paper, if you look at what was happening, it was such a noble sit. Yeah. There was incense. There was a lit oh, candle. Um, I had the resonance of my bell. My mala was there. I was on my cushions and I was just restless as hell. Yeah. But put me in that chair in the living room. I'm good to go. Yeah. You know what? It's, that tells me. Hmm. Do both. You know, yeah. do both. They're different it's experiences. Like, yeah, it's different experience. Do both. Yeah. You know, my reaction to both are the same. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. You know, the variety of experiences. But I mean, sometimes even on the same cushion that I've had, you know, fidgety one day. Yep. Serene as hell the next. Yep. You know, you sort of never know what card you're going to draw. Yeah. With that, you just sort of, you're, that's what the cushion does. You're sort of forced to show up as you are. Yeah. Um, and it, it will not, you will, you will be unable to convince yourself otherwise. Yeah. In the, in the truth of the Zafu's <laughs> and the Zabutan, you know, that there's no negotiating yeah. with the cushion. It's funny, since we got here today, I keep looking at, we we sort of have assigned cushions in this room. A little. And I've been looking at my cushions almost longingly all, like, all day. Like, oh, yeah? Because I think we've had, we've had some good sits on, on these cushions. Yeah, we have. Um, yeah, we and have. they overlook the beautiful windows that yeah, you're do. currently looking they at. They do. Mm-hmm. We see many a, many a sunset through those through those windows over there. Yeah. Uh, beautiful sunsets with lovely colors, possibly because the windows were gross, and <laughs> we'll see if they still are. <laughs> yeah, right? we'll see. There was a nice diffuse light coming in because the windows were so filmy and gross. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. But one thing that I was noticing, um, but I mean, if getting back to this where you do the work kind of that, that we do, so I could I could take, when, it, when I'm typing away furiously in the basement of the library, mm-hmm. you could like pick me up and move my laptop and myself back to my actual chair in my graduate studies office that I was. And it's like, I'm doing the exact same idea. It's just exact the surroundings that, that are different. And it's like, what the hell, mm-hmm. you know, does that do? And, you know, distractions sort of notwithstanding, but it was more than that. It was like, Maybe maybe an intention got focused on the walk over there. I mean, it was like I'm going to go do this thing now, and when I and when I and fully embodied the process, it, it just sort of went yeah easier than it did in my office anyway yeah um, which was kind of well, I guess I'm thankful for that yeah what well you the, almost had like a commute I did yeah yeah I did um, an easy commute because man that campus is flat mm, that mm-hmm. is a flat campus uh, one of the things that I noticed though. Um, on my retreat is, you know, there were a couple of sits where they would, um, we would sit, f- how did that work? So it's like some, some sitting and then there would be, you know, they would do a, a, a Dharma talk on a topic of the day, whatever it might be. This retreat was about embodying 
uh, the, the heart of wisdom. So mm-hmm. how do you really bring, you know, compassion practices and your meditation practice like into your into your like literally into your body as an embodied experience yeah which was great um for for example sit on your cushion for 10 days and (laughs) you'll embody it then but uh, but it was it was a fantastic retreat but it's like sitting meditating ah my back oh man my back is killing me it's like oh my back getting a little fidgety adjust the cushions a little bit shove another support cushion onto my knee whatever it might be, you know, and just this pervasive, I can still feel it. It's like this twinge in my middle, the middle right part of my back. Mm. It's like, it was like clockwork. It was always showing up. And it's like, as soon as they ring the bell and the meditation would be over, fine. Yep. You know, so it was like, so it's only when I'm actually <laughs> trying to meditate that my back hurts. It's like, I could be sitting there. So it's like, as soon as the bell rang, it's like, huh, relax. And it's like, well, now I'm sitting the exact same way, but like, well, now it's fine. Yeah. Well, then it's probably not the same exact way, right? Yeah. There's yeah, some yeah. sort so of tension. I was letting something go. Yeah, yeah. I was letting something go or huh. tensing something up. Yeah. Uh, but it was humorous. It yeah. was humorous because um, they, they spend quite a lot of time talking about, and this is, I think, true for just about anyone at any time, relaxing into the experience you're having. I mean, you don't have to, it's a striving that you and I have been talking about, yeah. mostly me been saying hey sherry let's talk about striving <laughs> um not because we're doing it but because we're not doing it right and, um, that's and so it's so noticeable yeah so it's notice noticeable i need to strive a little bit tomorrow i have classes that i need to publish <laughs> Ugh, i'll do a little I'll, a do, little I'll do a little i'll do a little there. i'll do a little striving tomorrow um yeah scheduled striving but it's like that that felt sense of striving so it's like in in my in my office i would i was i was striving to type that dissertation and in the basement of the library i was i was not yeah That's i was such not such an and interesting the, and that it's like so like the less you try the more you do mhm you know it's might be a little broad of a brush to paint with but yeah this is a yoda situation right it's yeah so recently, I have noticed a version of that when it comes to writing, not going and writing in the basement, but like I'll write, we've talked about this probably, I'll write on the notes app of my phone because it's like, I'm not writing a paper, I'm not writing anything formal, I'm just typing a quick note. And like somehow, like I can get into the flow of writing by doing that because yeah. it doesn't feel formal or whatever. And even you and I gave a couple of presentations this week and we planned them out on Jamboard and then Jamboard became our presentation. Yeah. And so by the time we were finished planning, we had a presentation. And I think that feels so different than sitting down at PowerPoint and being like, okay, what four bullets would you like to put on this slide? You know, like, I don't know why that voice came out, but you know, it's... (laughs) That's the voice that many of us hear when we're sitting down at PowerPoint. But like, it just, so it felt like we were just, I mean, I guess this is the jam part of the jam board, right? right. Like we were just kind of like riffing off what we wanted to do. And then all of a sudden we have this beautiful presentation and yeah. um, Different colors on it. And we put, and I think the the work that we did was put some different backgrounds. Yeah. Different. Yeah. I hesitate to even call them slides. And I don't think Jamboard calls them slides. a button at the top. They call them frames. Yeah. Frames. I don't know what it says. Yeah. It's nice though. When you were, when we were presenting together and you were moving from one to the next, it, it did a nice like, 
uh, slide kind of thing. Yeah, like a wipe effect. I, cool. I liked it. Yeah, it was nice. Um, but it didn't feel something about that planning felt so much. And to be clear, like we were doing the same thing we would have been doing if we had PowerPoint open. Were we? Were we though? <sighs> no, we're, we weren't. Because were we? Right, PowerPoint tries to encourage you to think in a linear way. And Jamboard lets you not. Mm. And, but I think, but there's something that Jamboard does. Like, I think Prezi was trying yeah, to do that Yeah, I was going to say, Prezi was trying to do that too, but it, they, they did it by adding complexity. Yes. And one of the things we talked about a lot while we were working with Jamboard, not, that the, not to make this into a sudden Jamboard advertisement, right? Um, this brought is not, you by this Google. Not a paid promotion um, by Google or Jamboard, but, but it works. Great product. Yeah, it is a great. Well, part of what makes it great is they strip away your choices, yeah. right? Like there aren't as many things that you can do. Prezi, you could do so many things that your viewer and you both wanted to vomit by the time you were done. Yeah, right. But this, like, was just—it's just stripped down. It gives you the right tools for creativity. Keeps the linearness sort of off to the side. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just really liked it. Yeah, I really liked it too. But we were doing the same. We were, the sameness was that we were planning a presentation. Yeah. Yeah. Your your choice of font are normal, mm-hmm. large, <laughs> title, and subtitle. It's like, I think the you bold, you, I think you can do bold. Yeah. And, and font color and sticky note color. But like, that's it. That's, that's it. it. And it's like, such freedom from having fewer choices, yeah. you know, and that's what was so great about, well, both of their treats that, that I went on and that you're about to, it's like, yeah. you're going to eat what they give you. Uh-huh. You know, it's like, here's dinner, take what you want. Yeah. Don't take what you don't want, but that's what, that's what it's going to be. Yep. You know, and it's like, all right, cool. Yeah. That's what it's going to be. We did, Eric and I did some meal planning this week. Mm. Um, and so we bought all the stuff because we're not eating out all of January. And so we planned out these meals. And so each day it's been like for breakfast, you know, we don't want to make like you're going to eat the same food every day. Yeah. Because, you know, one of the six core, sort of core human needs is variety we be we need both consistency or certainty and we need variety so how do we do both so each morning like it's like breakfast you're either having refrigerator oats with preserves or you're having toast with preserves yeah and there are two kinds of preserves to choose from nice there are two kinds of nuts to top your oatmeal with so it's consistency there is a little choice but not too much right and i like that yeah i like that too um Breakfast was oatmeal mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and oatmeal. You know, the, the variation was, you, you could tell which which uh, which of the cooks were on that day mm-hmm. because like some of them make it kind of thick and some of them is like, I actually literally need a strainer for this. You yeah. know, some like some cook it thinner. Yeah. But I mean, you get what you get. You get what you get. And was it flavored? Well, it was, it's just plain oatmeal, but then it's like they, had a, they have a million different things, not a million, several different things you can put on it. Uh-huh. Um, one thing that I discovered about myself is like sunflower seeds on everything. Love sunflower <laughs> seeds. But they had like yogurt, um, 
like actual like made yogurt. Yeah. Um, tahini and peanut butter and fruit and they had some local toast bagel situation going. So it's like they had they had variety, but it's like on the on the board of what the, what the meal is going to be. It's just like oatmeal, toppings, fruit. Mm-hmm. That's it. You know, and it's like, yeah, that was pretty much it. But what one discovers is that even after 10 days, it's like, yeah, that's pretty good. I mean, you could you could mix and match that pretty well. You can mix and match that pretty yeah. well. And I mean, nobody was suffering, that's for sure. Right. You know, when that didn't, when that breakfast bell rang, folks lined the hell up yep. to get some oatmeal. Because you, know? mm-hmm. <laughs> you felt great. You know, you felt great. It's like, yeah, that's the... I mean, when I, when I, when I wanted to luxuriate... A little bit. Um, I would get a ba- uh, like a half a bagel. Yeah. Like bagels are huge, you yeah, know. Yeah, um, yeah. Half a bagel, mm-hmm. and put some. They had some cream cheese, and I put some cream cheese on it. There you go. It was good. Yeah. But like this fancy pancake egg situation, no, it ain't IHOP. Yeah. You're, here's food that nourishes you because you're gonna sit for four hours after. Right. You know, sit and walk for four hours after you eat this. Yeah. Well, and I mean, that's oatmeal is a pretty core staple of our breakfast yeah, experience or stew or stew um and i think it's one of the most satisfying this one I love oatmeal. we so we made a new refrigerator oat situation yeah. this week yeah and this one has cinnamon and cardamom in it Ooh. and i never put cardamom in it and ooh, is it good oh yeah i'll do a how we cook oatmeal is like this. Right. <laughs> Boil the water, right? Uh, we we throw when when the water is boiling, we throw some um, some finely chopped dates mm. in it. Does add some sweetness, so we don't have to put a bunch of like, or we don't feel the urge to put a lot of sugary stuff on it after yeah. it's made. We'll actually put some chopped dates in the in the boiling water, mm. you know, for some sweetness. Thank you, Costco, um, and uh, sprinkle some cinnamon and grate some nutmeg. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it's like making it's like it's 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 good by itself. But then yeah. after when I'm ready to eat it, it's like a little maple syrup, tahini. Mm-hmm. I like tahini and oatmeal. Yeah, sunflower seeds on everything. Yeah, breakfast of champions, man. It's fantastic. Yeah. It's like it's almost it's good. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, this particular one has some Greek yogurt in it, which I I really yeah that's good. Enjoying. Yeah, that's yep. good. And then I've been topping it with, we got two different kinds of preserves because my favorite preserves and his are different. Ooh, what are yours? Mine are apricot. Really? What's his? Um, he's got like a strawberry rhubarb situation. Yeah, I might go with Eric on this one. That's fine. I love apricot. <laughs> um, love. Like really? dried apricot. Like Really? Oh, yeah. They have a bitterness to them. I know. Interesting. Yeah. So do I, I guess. Yeah, and I like you. Yeah. <laughs> Dark chocolate, coffee, Paul, you know, apricots. Yeah. yeah, I'm on brand. Yeah, right. Makes sense. It makes sense. <laughs> yeah, those are pretty good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's been a good it's been a good breakfast situation. I don't know if I've had apricot preserves. Oh, they're so good. Sean is a fan of orange marmalade. Mm. Like a good orange marmalade. She might enjoy the, the apricot no, preserve might. as well. Yeah, they're they, they have a similar Fields this has Eric. been a recipe corner with Paul and Sh- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Now that you make Where does the work meal? get done? Well, the work of cooking gets done in the kitchen, right? So for some reason, in the living room, it doesn't go as well. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Unless you have a little hot plate 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I usually uh, do find that I do most of my cooking in the kitchen. Yeah, mm-hmm. I do too. I think we share that. Yeah. I think we yeah. share that. We might share that with most of our listeners. Um, what I was doing a couple of years ago, though, I had an old camp stove that I would put a, a cast iron skillet on. And a lot of times in the summer, mm-hmm. you know, or fire up the, the aluminum, you know, flat plate and put it on the camp stove and yeah. for heat at night, cook outside, especially when it's hot. Yeah. Know, cook outside so I don't heat the place up. Well, some folks I know were doing that during the week that you were gone because we had a lot of widespread outages. Yeah. Uh, I miss so that. Our, our mutual friend Marty was cooking dinner outside yeah. on a Coleman camp stove. Hey, man. They work. They do. I have they one. Well. I dug it out. Dug it out just the other day just to make sure I still owned it. I do. Yeah. Yeah. They're good. They mm-hmm. work well. Yeah. They work really well. Boy. Yeah. So, um, yeah, where we do the work we do. And so, of course, the, the cooking one is a little bit, well, that's probably makes sense. Yeah. You know, kind of thing. But I don't know. I'm curious about what people, because we did this at the end of last semester. I mean, mm-hmm. we, we, we had the, this, this space open mm-hmm. for people who just wanted to get out of their offices and hunker down in a different place for a while. Yeah. Uh, and and do, some, do some work that they had to get done. And I recall that being fairly successful. There I, were quite a few folks that would take us up on that. I found that I got a lot done in that space. Yeah. And I think one of the reasons, um, for me at least, I can't speak for the other folks who participated, but yeah, so just the situation was lots of different people, not lots because whatever, but you know, we were all spread out because of COVID. COVID yeah. And um, But we were doing the shared work of being together and doing work. I used to do a lot of work um, at coffee shops, yeah. but I haven't since COVID. Because there's just so many, like, I'm a little sketched out about dining in restaurants right now. Yeah. Thank you, Omicron. So right. I think one of the things that that did is it gave you that shared work experience of, like, a coffee shop with, um, because we were all working at our place of employment where all employees are required to be vaccinated. It's that same experience, but with some... With tea instead of coffee. Yes. And also just some certainty that... The people around you have taken some basic precautions. Yeah, that's helpful. Um, that is helpful. So, yeah, I mean, group support, certainly, you know, engaging in activity that those around you are engaging in as well, yes. I guess, is never a bad thing for focus and, yeah, focus and uh, I don't know, what do I want to say, discipline or success? I, I don't know. Yeah. I'm still just curious why the basement of the library worked. Yeah. Um, I, I sort of, on one hand, don't really care because it's like it did. So yeah, <laughs> not to look the gift horse, horse in the mouth too, you know, too directly. But it's like, I don't even know how to, f- I don't know if I'd be able to find that dank spot again if I wanted to. I had a spot in the Virginia Tech Library that I like to write in. Um, but I was never at where I did my PhD. I was never there enough to have developed a hmm. library space that is my own. Um, but even like when I was an adjunct, I found a space outside the library that became kind of my workspace, um, and different offices that I've had on campus, I have found more or less conducive Hmm. of work, um, depending on, there's just something about the energy of the space. And so, um, there have been times where I've even met colleagues over in our cafe for shared work time. So, yeah, I haven't I done know. that. I haven't done that. Um, yeah. 
We have uh, this space. Yeah, we do now. Yeah, yeah, we do now. Yeah, that's curious. That's yeah. curious. Where we work. It's an interesting topic. It is. It is. Um, again, it's like I'm I'm interested like that that recognition that what I'm doing, this isn't working. So I'm gonna a change of venue is required. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah. That's interesting. When I was in the basement of the library for the, and I keep going back to this library thing, because if I thought about this for years, though, it wasn't just like me sitting in a table or a desk. It was one of those like collegiate privacy desks where like there are sides and there's a back to oh, it yeah, and like yeah. the whole thing. I mean, I was walled off in a dank place by myself. Um, it's like I can, I can, I see the flat panel in front of me. There are walls on either side. It's like cloistered yeah. here. Yeah, there were some public library uh, spots that I would go to for that kind of experience yeah. while I was doing my dissertation. Yeah. Mm. Goodness. Goodness. Something to pay attention to. Yeah, where we go. Where we go. The work doesn't change, but we do. Yeah, it, it goes differently in different places. Mm-hmm. Funny. It is funny. I'm looking forward to seeing how my... I don't want to say work because I'm not going to the Abbey to work, but I'm looking forward to seeing what unfolds when I go. I was going to say, aren't you, Sherry? Aren't you? Because, I mean, there are times in these, if if folks go to retreats, if you ever did, there are times that do feel like work. It's like, this is my task. This is is what I'm here to do. Uh, This is, you know, one of the many expectations that may or may not actually hold to. They can feel like work. Yeah. And sometimes they're hard. You know, oh, the things the mind does. Oh, oh the things the yeah. mind does. True. Um, trying to wind your way out of the prison you built for yourself sometimes can be an yeah. adventure. Can be an adventure. Yeah. I'm really interested. This is like so completely mundane. But my most, the most exciting thing for me when I go to this retreat is finding out whether or not I'm going to be in the basement or on the top floor. Yeah. What the room assignment's going to be is always, yeah. is always. I've only Exciting. ever had a basement room. Really? Yeah. Huh. So, oh, cool. so it'll be interesting. Stay tuned. Yeah, I was in a different <laughs> dorm than I was the first time when I went up to IMS. So that was, that, was, that was good. I had a decent view. Yeah. I had a decent view over the courtyard. Yeah, that's The parking nice. lot was over on the right. Yeah. The rest of the building was on the left. Um, yeah, that's, that's pretty interesting. I mean, I went into my retreat thinking, ah, oh, I'm going to take 10 days and I'm just going to check out. It's like there was no checking out. And um, it was intense. And at time, let me say, at times it was intense. But one of the things that I did keep doing, I kept waiting for that, ah, oh, okay, now I'm just kind of I'm meditating, I'm relaxing, I'm in the zone. And uh, just kind of all my whatever falls away, you know, and I'm like, I'm super focused and you know, and really zoned out. And it's like after 10 days, I didn't, I didn't, I still had not found that place. And not that it's a place to find, yeah. which is not, you know, it's not an objective or a goal is to find that, find yourself there. The, the mind does what the mind does. Yeah. And evidently I had some shit to work out. So <laughs> it's like, it's a, you know, the, the mind was more of the, of the idea that, Ooh, here's an opportunity to do this thing that you've been avoiding for 15 years, you know? Yeah. So it's all uh, it, it's all curious. So I will say that my my thinking mind, through no fault or motivation of my own, did take advantage of the opportunity to to do what it had to do, uh, in in full embodiment with with cooperation with with all parts of me. So I was pretty happy 
definitely got my money's worth. I guess there I could say go. that from there the economics go. of it. You know, definitely got my money's worth. Yeah. But I mean, I don't feel like that's really work that I could have really done, or at least not at the rate and at the depth that I did when I was there. So, yeah. I mean, that's what that's we have what, retreats That's what it is. For. Yeah, that's why they're, yeah. so it's like, why are retreats so popular? And it's like, I think that's, it, it's this. Mm-hmm. It's this, you know? Um, it's exactly yeah. this, I think. I mean, it's it's a place where some work can get done that might not be able to really happen in other places because of all the... Why make it worse? I mean, why why try to make a, a location something that it's not and unburden your... I mean, you, you can only do what you can do, and sometimes you got to do what you got to do, and I appreciate that. Um, but, you know... Get, get into a place where you can find some stillness and get out of your head, I think, is a valuable experience for anyone. Yeah. For, for anyone. And I do appreciate the privilege of that kind of, that kind of statement as well. That's true, too. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, I mean, we talk a lot, I think, about a change. Oh, I need a change of scenery. Um, but I think those changes in scenery can sometimes provide us with what we didn't know we needed yeah we've talked about that before too it's mm-hmm. like just getting out of the house for a couple of days and sleeping somewhere else with different walls around you can really yep um knock some stuff loose mm-hmm. for sure for sure yeah indeed cool cool awesome well it's about time for us to change our scenery for the day it is this was episode 99 99 Nine, you and i on a little podcast <laughs> <laughs> with the sure microphones and the zoom h6 recorded words <laughs> that we didn't plan is <laughs> 99 episodes go live bump 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 holla to my gen x folks right there yeah that's great was that nina 99 Luft balloons. Luft balloons. I was partial to the Goldfinger version. Mm. Mm. Cool, cool, cool. Right. (laughs) What a way to end a show. So, yeah, 99 (laughs) wonderful episodes. You know what that means? The next one is 100. 100. We'll skip it and go right to 101. Take the pressure off. No. 100. 100. I wonder if there's going to be striving on that one. No. Have, I wonder if I will f- be striving. <laughs> I forbid you from striving. I've been I've been angsting about episode one hundred for a couple of couple of months now. It's like it's coming up. Oh really? Be a good one. I wouldn't say angsting. Um, it's been I've thought I've thought this thought a couple of mm. times. We could just make it a clip show. Yeah, maybe. That's best more of, work than a best of. <laughs> That's more work than just. We'll do it live. Do it uh, stream it live. Do a clip show or something, uh. or just do it like the way we usually do it. It's like New Year's Day. I mean, at the end of the day, just another day. What are we Episode really signifying 100. here? We're signifying another digit. Yeah, triple digits. Triple digits. Whoop whoop. whoop. Still going. Yeah, still doing it. hundred strong. Hundred strong. Almost. Boom. Boom. 99. 99. Thanks, Sherry. Thanks, Paul. Thanks, Thanks, everybody. We'll see you soon. Okay. Bye. 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 This podcast is produced by Sherry Spiegel, Paul Fitzgerald, and This Most Unbelievable Life. For more information, 
please check us out at www.thismostunbelievablelife.com. Paul and Sherry have a Paul podcast. Paul and Sherry podcast. Yes. 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 Cool.